We'd like to go to Psalms 139, verse 7 and 10, then 1 Kings 8 and 27 this morning. We're going to title this, Knowing God, to Experience Him for Yourself. You can know about God, but He wants you to know Him where you can experience Him for yourself. He wants to be in you so you can experience him for yourself. Amen. All right. Everybody there? I don't know what they hadn't got it up there yet, but we'll go ahead. Where shall I go, David said, from thy spirit? Where shall I flee from thy enemies? If I send up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, that means the earth, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in other parts of the sea, he's there. Even there shall my hand, a head lay on me. Thy right hand shall be upon me. Isaiah 6 and 3 said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. Everybody got that? If you wish to turn now to 1 Kings 8 and 27, when Solomon is building the temple, he's finished the temple. But he made a profound statement here that we want to look at this morning. Verse 27. Well, I guess I lost it. When Solomon got through building the temple, he talked about the glory of the Lord. He said, even this temple cannot hold the glory of the Lord. Where is the kingdom of God today? It's inside you. I listen to, I hardly ever watch ministers on TV anymore. The other morning up in Marcerello, some of you may have heard of him. He said, some of you listening to me today will be alive when Jesus comes. We're that close to the coming of the kingdom of God. The Queen of the South came to see Solomon. He told her everything was in his heart, in her heart. When she saw the way they worshiped God and send it up, the Bible said the spirit of went out of her. In other words, she fainted for the glory was so strong. And Jesus said there's a greater one among you than Solomon in all of his glory. That is Jesus Christ. I've been mentioned to you. I do not believe that we are waiting on the Lord. The Lord is already here. When he went back to heaven, 
on the sixth day, Moses told him, said, you pick up twice as much manna today. We are in the sixth year of the coming of the Lord. One day is a thousand years. We're in the 6,000 years. First 2,000, the earth was destroyed. The second 2,000 was 4,000, Jesus was born. He died on the cross and got out of the grave and went back to heaven. And he poured out the Holy Ghost. It's still being poured out today. Solomon said, I don't know any place you can go. David said, I don't know any place you can go to get away from the presence of God. Wherever you are, the presence of God is there with you, working for you and in you because he knows that you need the presence of God. He wants you to know him personally, not just hear about him, but to know him. And I ask everyone today, do you really know who Jesus is? We had a wonderful Sunday school lesson. The only way you can know him is by revelation. He's here today. Well, I'm praying for him to come. You're wasting your prayers and aggravating him. It's like trying to teach a pig to sing. You're going to aggravate yourself and him because he's not going to sing. But the glory of the Lord is here. Isaiah said also, the Bible said, let it mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be established. said, the whole earth is filled with his glory. How many are glad for the glory of the Lord? You're glad for the presence of the Lord. Wherever you are, that's where he is. You can have the presence of the Lord and not the manifestation of the Lord. You can feel the presence of God and not have the manifestation of God. Jacob said, surely the Lord was in this place in a howling wilderness, and I didn't know it. He had the presence of God, Brother Peel, but he didn't have a manifestation of God. He didn't get the manifestation of God until 20 years later at Penel, when he found the Lord Almighty and wrestled with him all night. His name was changed. How many of you know when you're born again Christian, your name gets changed? You become a new creature in Christ. That old nature has passed away. And God crippled Jacob from that day forward. He limped on his thigh. The thigh represents the physical strength. You cannot know God in the physical. You've got to know him in the revelation. And you've got to know him by faith. Somebody ought to say amen. The only way you really know God is by faith. You can have the presence of God like I feel him this morning since I've been up this morning. I'm supposed to feel him every morning when I got up. I believe it's Benny Hinn said, when you get up every morning, the first words out of your mouth should say, good morning, Holy Ghost. What kind of day are we going to have today? I had a guy, a Christian one time, told me, he said, when I wake up in the morning, the devil's sitting on the side of my bed seeing what he can get me into. I'm telling you, that, that's a wrong testimony. When you wake up in the morning, you're waking up in the glory of God. You're waking up in the presence of God. 
And what he wants to do is make a manifestation to you in your life. Smith Wigglesworth said, I'd rather have the presence of God than a million dollars in my pocket called the presence of the Lord and the manifestation of God. I believe God wants to manifest himself to you like you've never known him before. He wants to be your best friend. He's the only friend you got. When everybody else forsake you, He's still your friend. When you feel the lowest in the world, and I'm the only one ever once in a while feel the lowest in the world, but he's still your friend. He sticks closer than the brother. You may have some good brothers in this world of a good sister, but Jesus is a good friend. He sticks close to you. Knowing God so you can experience God for yourself. It means that wherever you are, God is there. Happy to feel after him, and you'll find him. Happy, happy. Paul says in Acts 17, He be not far from every one of you, for in him we live and move and have our being. You cannot go anywhere in this earth and not get away from the presence of God. Sister Linda taught a Wednesday night class not too long ago. We need him. We need him. In your darkest moment, you need him. In your greatest moment, you need him because he wants to manifest himself to you. He don't want you to just know about him. He wants you to know him, how precious he is, and he is so precious. God longs to manifest himself to every person on first this earth. He has hunger and a desire to manifest himself to us that we can know him the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord to Moses. I want you to notice the Lord descended. Amen. How many know the Lord descends on you to manifest yourself when you're not in it expecting it? When you're at your lowest point, he'll descend down from heaven. If you're a Christian, he's already in there. Preacher asked a lady one time, said, how do you know that? She said, I know it, my knower, because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He's the present help in the time of need. That's why I don't believe you have to pray for him to come. I believe he's already in here. When you're born again of the Spirit, he wants to manifest himself so closely to us like we've never known him before. A lot of time, we spend a lot of time trying to persuade him when he's already there. He's there to help you. Psalms 5, 57, 8, David said, Awake my glory. 
How many of you feel like you need to be woke up sometime? David said, oh, Lord, awake my glory. He wanted to feel the anointing of God. Sometimes we get a little far from God. Sometimes we follow him afar off. And sometimes we go three or four days' journey and not know that he's not there, like Mary and Joseph. But how many are you glad that he's there whether you know it or not? Whether you realize it or not, he's there because you're his child. You're his friend. Some people say, well, you can't know the plan of God. That's not what Jesus said. She said, you're my friend, Brother Peel. He said, I'm going to tell you everything that I have, and I'm going to reveal it to you. Some people say, well, can you know him today? Yes, you can know him. You can know him on a personal relationship. You can know him like you know him better than your wife. I guess it's not but a couple in here been married longer than Peggy and I. That's Melvin and Barbara. I don't know how long they've been married, but 60-plus years. But he's closer than your spouse. He's closer than your best of friend because he is your best of friend. He wants you to call upon him. Sometimes we go through a lot of grief and sorrow because we fail to call upon him and call upon him because he's so close to us. He's so close to us. And Revelation 8 and 5 said, There was a voice of thunder and lightning and an earthquake. He was asked, what is that? He said, that's the angel in heaven releasing your prayers. How many know it's important to pray? Not just when you're in trouble, but pray because you love him. Have fellowship with him. And someday you'll hear the thunder, you'll hear the lightning of the glory of God appearing to you like you've never known him before. I believe that a lot of us feeling a closeness of God like we've never felt before. I believe Brother Ken is the way he's teaching the Sunday school class. God wants us to have him present in us daily, every breath we take. The glory. There was a man, they named him Lazarus. He'd worked in a tin mill, a mine where they mined or to make tin, he come down with tuberculosis. No cure back then, with no cure. Four years he laid in the bed, couldn't feed himself. Became nothing but skin and bones. They called somebody to come and pray. Six people went to pray. They knelt down beside the bed, three on one side and three on the other side. And they agreed, all we're going to do is say, Jesus. How many of those power, all power in heaven and earth, just in that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you know he's already there? He's waiting on you to call his name, Jesus. Well, I don't know how to pray. How many, how many can say Jesus. That's all you got to do because he's right there ready. He stands ready. He hasn't got to get ready. People said, I believe God's getting ready. He ain't getting ready. He's already ready. He already appeals to Moses, his glory, when Moses didn't even ask for it. They said, 
Jesus. Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're sick or got a problem, I want you to get somebody to pray with you and say, Jesus. Jesus. The glory of the Lord filled that room. He didn't have to come. He was manifesting himself. How I many you know when you say Jesus, he's there, and he's going to manifest himself to you? Five times he manifested himself and his glory to them. But they just kept saying, Brother Clayton, Jesus, Jesus. The sixth time. What they pick up had to do on the sixth day? Double. God wants you to have a double portion. Huh? On the sixth time when they said Jesus, Lazarus opened his eyes. And the glory was so strong, he looked around. And then he said, I want you to get this. He's been in bed four years. Boom fed. He didn't go to no rehab. Now, I'm not against rehab. But he looked around and said, if y'all will leave this room, said, I'll get up and get dressed, and I'll come downstairs and talk to you. Lazarus didn't go to no rehab when he got out of the grave, when the flesh was already falling off his bone, according to Bible scholars, because God had manifested himself into him. God wants to manifest himself into us like we've never known before. Amen. It has never been seen, the writer said, what God can do to a person. Totally surrender to God. When we surrender our all to God, we cannot imagine what Jesus is going to do in our lives. 2 Samuel 6.13 said, it was so when they had buried the ark of the Lord, had gone six paces, six steps, they stopped and offered sacrifice unto God. You got that? The sixth day, you're going to get what? We're in the latter rain. Some people praying for the latter rain. You can stop praying. It's already here. The glory of the Lord is here filling his temple today. Not this building. I believe we need to get to the place like they did in Acts when the church, the saints gather together and pray. This building shake under the power and the glory of God. The manifest himself like we have never known before. manifestation of God. Get to know him personally. Don't know about him, but know him on a first name basis. David, wherever I go, he's there. Whatever situation I'm in, he's there. You can't get away from God. Wherever you go, you know the prodigal son he told his father, said, I want my inheritance. And the father gave it to him. He went and wasted it. 
The only reason he came to himself in that hog pen because the presence of God was still there and the presence of God had manifested himself to him. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. If you're far from God today, don't worry about it. God is still there, and he'll lead you back home. Jesus told him, said, there's a young colt donkey tied over yonder. Now you go over and tell them when they ask you, the master has use for him. And you loose him and bring him here. I don't know, do you know anything about a donkey? Anybody in here know anything about a donkey? They are stubborn. Stubborn. I bought one one time. I hadn't had it very long. I think I told Brother Melvin, he told me about a guy he thought he wanted a donkey to plow. I said, you tell him I got one. Got one. Harness is in the shed. If I'm not at home, you go down there and go in the barn door and it'll be on the left. You get that donkey and you get that harness and take it. I wanted that donkey away from that place. Stubborn. That's not a, that's what the, uh, the Bible dictionary says about them. They're stubborn. I want you to get this. It's a colt. Never been ridden. He said, I have need of him. How many know that God has need of you? You say, well, I'm stubborn. That don't make no difference. Somebody might not like your stubbornness. I know one that wants you. He said, you tell him the master has need of him. If you know anything about animals, if it's never been ridden before, that's one thing you don't want to do is get on him. Jesus got on that stubborn donkey and rode it through the streets. They threw palm branches down and cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna the King. But here's the point we need to see. There was a little man. I, I know about a little man. I, I'm little. Some people said, you got little hands. Said, Ken's got big hands. I said, well, I know I got little hands. But I want you to know there was a man that climbed up a tree. You may be stubborn, but God can still use you to carry his gospel. Hmm? Zacchaeus didn't see the donkey, Sister Ronda Malam. He didn't see the donkey. He saw the glory of the Lord on the donkey. The world don't need to see me or you. They need to see the glory upon our lives where the people can see the glory of God even if they have to climb a tree, they want to see the glory and the manifestation of God, and he did. Well, Brother Billy, I'm just not worthy. God can make you worthy. You may be a little bit on the stubborn side, but if you'll just let God use you like he used that donkey, you know what's the amazing thing about that story, too? Zacchaeus is the only one out of that huge crowd. said, Zacchaeus, come down today. I'm going to your house and eat with you. 
I feel the presence of the Lord today saying, I want to come and eat in your house today. I want to come and get inside of you, and I want to sup with you. St. John 17 said, the Father and I will come, and we will sup with you. It's not about us. It's about Christ. Or Zacchaeus can see the glory and see the manifestation. What David say about his glory? Awake my glory. Awake my glory. How many have ever talked to yourself? Anybody ever talked to yourself? Experts say you're talking to yourself all the time. Have you ever thought about what it meant to go talk to a dry bone? And God told the prophet, said, you go talk to a dry bone. Sometimes God tells us, you need to talk to the dryness that's in your life. You speak faith into it. You speak hope into it. You confer with God into it. And David said, awake my glory. Then he says, awake the harp. How many know that believe God wants to awake a song in our lives? That's what it was carrying the ark about. Stopping, making sacrifice, singing and praising and worshiping God because the glory was coming home. God wants to see the glory to come home. He wants to see it rolling like it's never been seen before. Someone one time asked this guy, I said, what kind of day are you going to have? I said, I'm going to have a great day. He said, how do you know? He said, the first thing I got up this morning, I put it on schedule. So in the morning you get up, what are you going to do? You're going to put a great day because God wants to manifest himself. He don't want us just to hear about him. He wants us to know him. Awake, he said, awake me. Awake me. Moses said this in Deuteronomy 3.20. You shall return every man unto his possessions, which I have given you. Brothers and sisters, it's time for you to receive everything the enemy has stole from your life. You have a promise from God there. He said, return. Read the book of Joel, what the woodworm, the cankerworm, that means chewing things, chewed on you, caused you to lose something. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. We have a promise from God. He'll restore everything that you lost back in your life. Everything. You say, brother, what about my health? Jeremiah said, God will restore your health back. God will restore all of your losses back. God will manifest them in such a way that you shall recover and get back everything that's been lost. Job 33 and 23 said, There's only one in a thousand will say, 
Only one in a thousand, Sister Sharon May, only one in a thousand will say, the Almighty God lives in me. Can you say today, the Almighty God lives in me? The Bible says he tabernacles with men. Brother Ken done a wonderful job in the Sunday school lesson this morning. God does not live in this building. He lives in us. If God lived in this building when we left, he would have to stay here. But when you leave, he's going to go with you. Can you say that the Almighty God lives in me, like Job said? Only one in a thousand would say that. If we're not careful as Christians, especially if you come up like I did when you had a bad background, the devil's always wanting to pull you back, and God is always wanting to pull you forward. I won't call this famous preacher's name. He was a senior, sophomore in school, college. And the professor said, I want to talk to you after class in my office. He said, okay. He said, if you don't get past that bashfulness and shyness, you'll never amount to nothing in your profession as a minister. He said, it hurt my feelings bad. I went outside. I was hurt so bad. I just sat there, sat there, because I was hurt. But said, deep down, deep down, I knew he was telling me the truth. After he graduated from college, he got a letter that he thought it read, it was right after the war when General Theodore Roosevelt was going to be the main speaker to thousands and thousands of people that he was going to give the invitation. When he got there, the chairman said, no, it says you'll be the main speaker before General Roosevelt. He said, I can't do that. General Roosevelt heard it. He called him over. He said, there's thousands of women out there is hurting because of the war. And you can't do that? He said, you get up there and you give them 20 to 30 minutes of hope, of love, and appreciation. He said, I can't do it. He said, you're going to get up there and that's what you're going to do and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to imagine in my mind seeing you saying the right words. And little do you know when he got up there, you know what happened. We must get past our bashfulness, our shyness, and our timidness. You didn't get the Spirit of God to be timid. He gave you the Spirit of God to be bold. If y'all wish to call that guy's name, you'd know how successful he became. But he always said he had to fight that thing because the devil's always wanting to pull you back. Jeremiah 33 and 3 said this, call upon me. I want to encourage you this morning to call upon the Lord. Call upon the Lord. 
He said, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. What he's telling him, I'm going to show you things that you can't find in that book. You can read that book and not find it without a revelation. But he said, I'm going to give you revelation. Call on him. Tell him your troubles. Tell him your troubles. He'll answer you. David said, this poor man cried, and the Lord answered me. I know the Lord will answer you today and bless you beyond you can ever imagine. How many know we serve a miraculous, miracle-working God? Huh? Can you imagine needing money to pay your taxes? Some states, if you don't pay your taxes, they confiscate your goods. Disciples didn't have no money to pay their taxes. And Jesus said, lest we offend them, go fishing. What good is that going to do? Can you imagine putting a worm on a hook and throwing it down in the water? And Jesus said, the first fish that you catch, do what? Isn't he a miraculous, miracle-working God? When he, you hear his voice and you obey it, something miraculous is going to happen. He said, the first fish. Can you imagine all the schools of fish there and said, the first fish? That wasn't the only fish in there had money. God is trying to tell us, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. He wants to supply every need you have according to his riches and glory. God bless you for being here today. The Lord wants to manifest himself to us like you've never witnessed before in your life. So what kind of day are you going to have the rest of the day? Do what? Wonderful. If the devil whisper in your ear and say, no, you're not. But you got to say back, yes, I am. And what are you going to say? Jesus. Jesus. He manifested himself. And the glory of the Lord. The man being led there for four years. Turned his life around. Your life can be turned around today. God bless you for being here today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.